This podcast was recorded on Wajak Noongar country. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land and pay our deepest respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Thank you. Witchery, written by Andrea K. Knight. Last time on Witchery, Lessie meets the goddess of love and she is given a simple task. Kipria walked over to her desk, grabbing a business card from a card holder wrought in delicate rose gold filigree. Taking up a gold pen, she began writing on the back of the card. I want you to see this lady. She can help you much better than I can. You never said why you wanted her help said Luca. Kipri's eyes glittered as she gave Lessie the card in her hand. Mm, she's not ready for that yet. Lessie took it, irritation, confusion, worry, distress mounting in her as she held it and stared at Kipria. You brought me here. You told me you're Aphrodite. You tell me I'm a witch and that you need my help. You decide not to tell me what you need my help for and now you want me to go to some stranger and find out how to do whatever it is you want me to do. Kipria nodded. Sorcery shit. Lessie scoffed. <laughs> what the fuck is happening to me right now? Destiny pet, said Kipria, smiling winningly. But the name on the card isn't quite who she expected. She looked down at the note that Kipria had given her. In a beautiful swishy hand that reminded her of swans gliding on the water, Kipria had written the following. Adelaide, good fellow. The fuck? Luca jumped and stepped back. What? What's wrong? Lessie thrust the note in front of Luca's face. This is my fucking aunt. And now? Episode 3. A Sheikah baby. Staring at the card Lessie held up to his face, Luca gave a nod, his mouth hanging open in sudden understanding. Ah, I see, he said. She stuffed the card in her gutted and damaged bag, storming back towards her home. She heard Luca run up next to her. You don't have to protect me or whatever, snapped Lessie. I literally live right over there and I don't want you having to stick around just because Kipria guilted you into it. I'll be fine. She waved a hand. Shit, we just met. We're practically strangers. You've probably got somewhere to be. He was quiet for a moment, and Lessie was too scared to look at him. She didn't want him to leave her. Sure, she didn't know him from Adam, but he was comforting somehow, even though he was part of this bizarre new world that seemed to be protruding rudely into the regular normal ones she'd been perfectly happy living in up until about half an hour ago. Sometimes you just feel like there's something you should do, said Luca, slowly, carefully. I mean... Yeah, I don't know you very well. 
I know this sounds really weird, but in the short space of time I've been around you, I decided that I think you're pretty cool. And the world you're going to enter is not something I'd want to go into without someone there to look out for me. She stopped and turned to frown at him. So you just decided to be my bodyguard? He lifted his brows. Uh, no, I, I was hoping. I mean, if you want, I totally get it if you don't want to. I just thought we could be friends. He was meek, hopeful. Such a demeanour from a six-foot, well-built young man with hazel eyes, tousled, loose-curled hair, and the sweetest lips she'd ever seen was both utterly disarming and charming as fuck. Lessie sighed, putting her face in her hand. I'm so sorry, Luca, she said. I'm being an asshole. No, no, I am, she interrupted him. Well, you got mugged, and then you met a goddess, and you found out you're a proper witch. I mean, it's no surprise you're not totally chill right now. Well, when you put it like that... He didn't mention the moment she blurted out how impossibly gorgeous she thought he was. She shoved that out of her mind. Look, I feel like we've gotten off to a really weird start here. Luca waved a hand and scoffed playfully. Just a normal Thursday, don't worry about it. Lessie couldn't help but chuckle. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks for not running away and screaming. I appreciate it. I appreciate your uncle's help, he said. So, you know, everyone's winning here. Lucy frowned, looking around them. Shit, where are my uncle's books? Oh, bugger, I think I left them at Kipria's, he replied. Don't worry, I'm sure we'll get them later, said Lessie. Come on, I've got to go talk to my aunt. Do you not get along with your aunt, he asked. I love her, said Lessie. We get along wonderfully. She just does not talk about magic or paganism. This is going to be so awkward. What she didn't say to Luca, awkward, was the best case scenario. Adelaide Goodfellow was hard at work chopping vegetables when Lessie walked into the small kitchen, Luca trailing in behind her. The middle-aged woman stood at a counter that faced the kitchen door, humming softly to herself. Lessie could feel her heart pounding as she entered the room. Her throat kept tightening, her diaphragm losing its place as she pulsed with nervous energy. She felt Luca's hand on her arm as she stepped forward. Her Aunt Adelaide was a beautiful woman, very different from her uncle. She was tall and looked as though she would have been willowy in her youth. She had curled dark hair that she often tied back in a messy bun with loose tendrils that framed her face. Her skin was a warm brown tone, her cheekbones prominent and brow high. There were delicate wrinkles around her eyes and laugh lines about her narrow but pert lips and her eyes, a lovely redwood brown, were endlessly kind. Lessie loved this woman with a force she might find frightening if she wasn't so happy and secure to have her in her life. She felt a bit of that fear now though. She had to talk to her about something she knew she would not want to talk about. Adelaide and Norbert did not like talking about the depths of magic. Lessie didn't even know how to broach the subject with her. If this was all true, if Lessie really did have the potential to be more than she ever thought she could be, and if Adelaide knew about that and was even well versed in those abilities, she knew something inside her would break, very possibly her heart. Lessie, said Adelaide, dumping some chopped carrots into a bowl, focused on her cooking. I thought you went out, sweetheart. She finally looked up at Lessie and saw Luca. She smiled. It was the particular smile often seen on older female relatives when someone like their child or niece or nephew brought someone home who was nice looking and a potential candidate for staying for tea. It was hopeful, eager, and perhaps a little judicious. 
Oh, so who's your friend? Does he want to stay for some dinner? Ah, Lucy didn't know. She scrambled for her thoughts. He's Luca uh, Darrow. Luca stepped forward, offering his hand. Adelaide shook it briefly before getting back to her food prep. And how did you both meet? Lucy gulped. Ah, he just helped me after my bag was snatched. The knife Adelaide had been holding clattered to the countertop and she moved to rush to Lizzie's side. No, I'm fine, Addie. Adelaide let out a quick sigh, frowning. What the hell happened? Some dude bowled her over out of the blue, took half the contents of her bag, said Luca. Lizzie massaged her brow. She didn't want to say what she was about to say. She had to. They got my necklace. Adelaide's face grew pale. What? The... She motioned about her decolletage as Lizzie's necklace was a fixture there. She rarely took it off. The one time. Lizzie nodded, looking bereft. Adelaide stepped forward from the counter, sinking down into a chair nearby. She looked as if Lizzie had told her she had a terminal disease. I'm sure we can get it back again, said Luca. If it's really distinctive, we could go to the police, get a report. I'm sure. Adelaide waved him quiet. She was rarely so abrupt with strangers. Lessie's guts leapt and churned. Something was deeply wrong and she had a sneaking suspicion it had everything to do with what she'd never wanted to talk to Lessie about. Addie, what's wrong? Adelaide looked up, surprised. What? Addie? Her aunt shook her head. It's just sentimentality, darling. Don't bother. Adelaide drifted off as she met Lessie's eyes. Lessie was lifting a brow, sceptically. Don't pull that face with me. Then stop avoiding the subject, said Lessie. Something's wrong. I can tell. Adelaide took a long breath in, closing her eyes and pressing her lips together. You know your mother was into some rather esoteric things, she said. That necklace wasn't just a keepsake to her. It was a protection amulet. Whether it actually did anything, who knows, but she had always said... Growing up, Lessie had been told many fantastical things by Adelaide. Santa Claus, the Tooth Fairy, the impermanence of acne. This was the first time she felt like she was truly being fed some bullshit. Gritting her teeth, an unpleasant melange of anger, disappointment, fear, heartbreak and disbelief roiling within her, she pulled out the card that Kipria had given her and dropped it on the counter. A bone-white card with elegant lettering in gold, bearing the Kipriot nom de plume of the Goddess of Love. Adelaide blinked and stared at it, as if it were a dildo Lessie had tossed onto the counter and asked that she cook for dinner. Where did you, she started. A beautiful, tall, charming woman came out of a dating agency after Luca fought the mugger in front of it and lost, said Lessie, evenly. She met her aunt's startled gaze and widened her eyes. Did she ever have some shit to tell me about the world? Adelaide's shock turned to fear. No. Addie, have you seen the keys to the storeroom? I swear I saw them on the hook by the door. Norbert had wandered into the kitchen, and he stopped in his tracks when he saw Lessie and Luca and a supremely disturbed-looking Adelaide. Is there something the matter? He shot a look of patient confusion at Luca's presence. Lessie, deadpan, pointed at the card. He stepped forward, glanced at it, and then grew very still. Lessie, perhaps it's best if you go over to your flat. I'm not going anywhere said Lessie. She looked at Adelaide. By the way, that woman, Kipria, she totally implied to me that this young man is not a regular young man. I mean, besides the perfect hair. Luca blinked. She kept referring to him with weird adjectives and you know what? 
She said that I was a witch, that I could do some Lord of the Rings Gandalf shit if I were trained right. She pointed at the card again, and she said that you'd tell me about stuff, which is really confusing for me, can't I admit? You always told me it was all nonsense. You barely even let me have that altar. I had to promise you I'd only do herbal stuff and read old stories. Oh, oh dear, sighed Norbert. He ran his hand over his lined, worry-stricken face. Adelaide, I know, I know, replied Adelaide. She'd been quiet, staring darkly into who knows where, gripping the edge of the counter in front of her. Now she spoke quietly, stiffly. Norbert, a thief took her amulet. Norbert's face twitched as if it were about to crumple, but he had forced it not to. It was too much for Lessie. Are you guys going to continue to act like I just swallowed a bag of small watch batteries? Are you going to let me in on what the hell is going on? There are some very sick people out there, Alessandra, said Norbert shortly, in a vague approximation of sternness. Worry seeped around the cracks in his composure. They'll take advantage of young people for terrible reasons. I'm sorry, are you about to tell me she wasn't a goddess? interrupted Lessie. Luca shook his head. No way, man. I've never seen a woman like her before. Like, it was like she was the ocean. Or moonlight. It was a, as I said, said Norbert suddenly. Very sick people, laddie. I think we should call the police and Lessie should stay home for a while. He looked at Luca. You should go. And don't come back. What about the books? asked Luca. Keep them. I just want you gone. Lessie had never seen her uncle so cold, so unyielding. Knowing what Luca had done for her, how real and cosmically charged Cypria was, how bloody weird this day had become, the last thing she was going to do was stay in her flat all night. She definitely wasn't going to stand for him being told to leave. Actually, I'd rather he'd stay, said Lessie. You've never talked to a guest like that in your life, Norbert. What is going on? What can't you tell me? She looked from her aunt's fraught features to her uncle's stony resolve. She felt as if she were a pool noodle trying to knock down a brick wall. They were silent. So you were going to order me to my flat even though I'm a grown adult, thank you, and then not tell me dilly squat. We're just trying to do what's best for you. What's best for me isn't leaving me in the dark about things or lying to me. She said you knew things about the world and that the world isn't what I thought it was. She said gods were here on earth, real. Is she right? Did you know about that stuff my whole life and you never told me? Her aunt and uncle exchanged loaded glances and Lessie's heart crashed into her boots. All right, what else is real? What else haven't you told me? Lessie folded her arms, looking at her guardians expectantly. After receiving nothing after a long moment, she huffed and grabbed the card. Screw this right up the arse. Lessie! Called her aunt and uncle. She grabbed Luca by the arm and made for the door. If you decide you want to tell me what's going on, my phone's on. Lessie, don't leave, cried her aunt. Lessie looked over her shoulder. Adelaide looked scared. Norbert was unreadable. She lifted her brows, waiting for something from her family that was informative. I, I just want to protect you, said Adelaide. From what? It's safer not to say, said Norbert. Please just trust us on this, Alessandra. Anger bubbled in her chest and she snapped. How? How can I trust you when all these weird things are happening and I'm asking for your help and you're not saying a damn thing? It's complicated, said Adelaide, getting up slowly from the bench as if Lessie were a dove about to take flight. Then explain it to me. You don't understand, cried Norbert, exasperated. Lessie almost jumped out of her skin, staring at Norbert in shock. 
She had never heard him raise his voice to her in her whole life. Just talking about it could make everything worse. What? gasped Lessie. How does that even work? Norbert seemed to fight with his own will, hands clenching into fists as he pressed his lips together. We've worked so hard to take care of you all these years, he said quietly. Can't you give us this one thing and go to your flat for the night? I might if you just tell me what's going on, cried Lessie. We can't, cried Norbert in return, exasperation creeping into his tones. Shaking her head, Lessie threw her hands up. Okay, I can't do this. Not here. I'm going to go hang out with the Sheikah because I need some damn space. I'll be back before midnight. Before she could hear another word from her aunt and uncle, she grabbed Luca's hand and stormed out of the room, closing the door behind her. She could only hear her footsteps clumping down the walkway, anger resounding in her heavy-booted stomping. Luca's steps were lighter, even though he probably weighed more than her. He said nothing until they were out on the street. You really don't know anything about what's out there, do you? Lessie blinked as she turned to face Luca. What? What do you mean? The world, he said. You're a witch, and there are gods and goddesses and other things. No, she said, shaking her head, putting up her hand to quieten him. I need alcohol before you lay this shit on me. She felt her phone buzz, and reaching into her half-gutted bag, she pulled it out. It was a text from a sheikah. Where the hell are you, it read. Oh, Lord, how to explain this to her. She entered the following. Dude, the craziest shit has happened. I'll tell you all about it when I get there. Please don't be mad. Are you okay, replied Ashika. Yes, replied Lessie. Just a bit shaken. See you soon. She looked at Luca. Hey, look, I, I really, really appreciate what you've done for me today. I'm sorry about the argument with my folks. It's fine, he said. Really? Still, who wants to see some random strangers brawl with their folks? She laughed at herself in self-deprecation. Mm, you're not a random stranger, he said, and stopped. I mean, you were. But I totally got my ass beat by that mugger trying to help you, so we're buds now. It's just the rules. Okay, said Lessie, swallowing a smile. Well, I was going to meet my best friend Sheikah for a drink or six. Did you want to come? I mean, if you wanted to, I'm sure you have your own shit going on. She looked down at her feet, stomping her boots to let loose the anxious energy overwhelming her. Sorry, that's... I'm not good at this. I never have been, I mean, making new friends that I'm in. Men friends. But you don't call them that, you just... She closed her eyes and sighed hotly. It, I get it if you have other things to do, but if you didn't... I'd really like to come, said Luca, and I don't have anything else on tonight. He gave a little smile. Lissy nodded, relief flooding her. Cool, cool, okay. <laughs> well, let's go before my aunt and uncle realise I'm still out here. The agreed meeting place was a little pub down the street with brass railings and thick walls and far too many old blokes fused to the bar by their beers. The brass donkey was improbably old and didn't really belong on a bustling high street. It wasn't the usual hangout for young folk like Lessie and Ashika, but it was warm and cosy and the music wasn't so loud that they couldn't talk. Luke appeared at the pub, bemused. You like to hang out here? Yeah, said Lessie. Nothing worse than loud, noisy, doof-doof joints, those tiny stools and nothing but pre-mixed alcoholic sugar drinks, you know. Luca gave a deep giggle of amusement. <laughs> what are you, 80? Lessie stretched herself to stand as tall as she could. She only just reached Luca's shoulders. No, I like comfort, warmth. She gave a nod. Then, after we've had our bonding time, Ashika and I go find somewhere a little more lively. She waved an arm. 
proceed to mock me further if you will, but I stand by our routine. He shook his head with a smile. Nah, nah, it's great. I like it. Swell, she said, her voice thick with sarcasm. It didn't alter Luca's amusement or regard. Suddenly, Lizzie stopped and sighed. Shit. What? I didn't tell Ashika I was bringing you. Does that matter? Not really, she said, grinding the doorstep of the pub with her toe. It just means she'll embarrass me, and possibly you, when she sees me walk in with a young bloke on my arm. Which is not something I'm generally known to do, by the way. She frowned. Wait, how old are you? I'm 22, he said. Lissy nodded. All righty. I'm 23, by the way. Huh. Bad number in numerology, Lucas said lightly. Lissy did a double take and peered at him before frowning. Wait, you know about numerology how? Well, my mum collects those dumb gossip magazines with the horoscopes and numerology at the back. I used to get bored in the toilet when I was a kid and I'd read them, he said. Lissy smirked in amusement. Okay, because I was wondering how you could know about numerology and yet not know about the occult. But obviously, the answer was more straightforward than I predicted. Never mind. She'd been enjoying the view of his face until she realised something was off. She frowned in confusion. What is it? asked Luca, mirroring her expression. Where the hell did your black eye go? asked Lissy. It was puffed up like a baboon's asshole a half hour ago. Luca straightened as he nodded, looking both guilty and knowing... Yeah, this is one of those weird body changes I was talking about at the shop. I heal really quickly these days, he said sheepishly. Lessie peered at him with wonder, tilting her head. That's bizarre. What else can you do? Are you like a superhero or something? He shook his head. I don't think so. But you do think you're a werewolf, she asked. Well, I did, but I don't know now. It's complicated. I came to see your uncle to clear that up, but... Now that I've left those books behind, I'm as lost as ever, he said. Lessie nodded, her face stuck in an inscrutable expression. You realise it's kind of strange to think you're a shape-shifting person, yes? I do, he said, nodding. Absolutely bonkers. But we met Aphrodite nearly half an hour ago, so... As he drifted off, she nodded and smiled at him. Okay, you make a good point. I know. She couldn't help it. She laughed. His eyes glinted as he laughed back at her, his self-confidence and his opinion both annoying and infectious. He had that particular irrepressible mischievousness that Australian men seemed to exude effortlessly and had been getting lucky with since Errol Flynn made it to the silver screen. Okay, let's do this, said Lessie, stealing herself as she pointed to the entrance. They stepped into the pub, the door uncomfortably low for Luca's height, a sign of the age of the establishment. The lighting was warm and dim, and in the corner of a booth by the front door sat a willowy woman with dark hair styled in a faux fork updo, wearing a painted and studded denim jacket that had seen better days, and an ornate nose ring in her left nostril. She was South Asian, of a dark complexion, and her face was lit by the glow of the phone in her hand. She glanced up as the bell above the door chimed, and her eyes grew wide, her jaw dropping. Get out! Lissy's cheeks grew red as she hurried over. Ah, she don't! You absolute horn dog girl! She pointed at Luca. That's him, isn't it? Yes, it is. Please be quiet and stop talking about this. How'd you pull that off? She yanked on Lissy's sleeve as she sat down next to her, Luca sitting across for them with an unreadable yet pleasant expression. Her bag got snatched and I tried to get her stuff back after getting tranced by the snatcher, said Luca. Ashika's grin froze and then she looked at Lissy in horror. What? I'm okay, Ash. I'm fine. What'd they take? Where did this happen? Who do I have to kill? Uh, my medallion, said Lessie. It happened out of the blue, in front of the bookshop, 
and I have no idea who you have to kill, but they were tall, dark, and rather frightening. I had a hard time taking them on, said Luca, and I'm not tiny. Ashika sighed and pulled out her wallet. Well, shit. I'm buying you all drinks, and I'm buying two for you, Luca, because you're a fucking hero. Oh, you don't have to. Shut up, said Ashika. I'm buying you something. What do you like? Oh, whiskey on the ice, thanks. She nodded and pointed to Lessie. Pint of cider? Yes, please, Ashika. Ashika hopped up and off to the bar. Lessie had stood to let Ashika out of the booth, and when she sat down again, she did so next to Luca. After an awkward moment, she pulled her gaze reluctantly to him, still burning with the embarrassment of Ashika's welcome. Ashika's awesome, said Luca. Don't stress. Nothing can beat the awkwardness of meeting a love goddess. You're good. You're ridiculously reasonable, said Lessie. Only most of the time, he said with a mischievous glint in his eye. Besides, life's way too short to sweat the little things. He looked away for a moment, a flash of seriousness passing over his features before he gave her a sympathetic wince. I suppose you're pretty pissed off at your folks still. Lessie shuddered. Gods, don't get me started. Why would Kipria tell me to ask my aunt about this stuff? I'm probably not going to get anything out of her. Luca shrugged. Maybe the argument played a purpose. You know how great gods are. I mean, all I know is what I read in a couple of books from school, but from what I remember, I like to mess around with humans from time to time. Leaning back in the booth, Lessie growled, glaring at the whitewashed ceiling. I have no idea. Fuck me. Do Christians go through this shit? I don't know. I'm not a Christian, he said. She gazed at him a moment. He seemed an open kind of fellow from what she'd experienced, but right now the doors were closing. Can I ask you if you do believe in... No need to have faith when you know something is out there, he said, interrupting her. We met a goddess today. I meant before. His voice sounded fragile suddenly. I hope for it, very much. I don't know if that counts as belief or general existential panic. She didn't know what to say to that, so she gave him a gentle smile instead. He met her gaze, and the pain in his eyes softened to something warm, searching, before Lessie could do or say anything else, Ashika returned with a flurry of chattiness. She dumped the drinks down in the middle of the table, miraculously not spilling more than a few drops. Here's the good stuff, she roared, dropping in the booth seat across from them. All right, then. Yeah, said Luca, blinking and bringing his attention back to the moment. Thanks. So, I hear you're into werewolves. Lessie had been sipping her sweet cider, and she spat it out in the mist as the word werewolf left her best friend's mouth. Luca coughed a little, he himself just swallowing his first sip of whiskey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm um, I'm researching. He's creative," said Lessie, nodding. "Ah, oh, I heard you think you are a werewolf," Ashika said, lifting a brow. "I mean, if you're one of those people that think that they're mythical creatures, that's fine, as long as you're not so into it that you're eating raw meat and biting people on the necks." She stopped and considered that. "Unless they're into it, then go crazy." <laughs> um, Luca opened his mouth and closed it, looking to Lessie. She shrugged. Ashika was an atheist. She was rational and vocal about it. Lessie had no idea how she'd respond if she told her about her discoveries that day. I misunderstood him, said Lessie quickly. I thought he was talking about if one seriously thought they were a werewolf, when actually... Yeah, he said, interrupting her. I'm a method writer. Ashika narrowed her eyes. Writer? Yeah, I write things, he said. Music, mostly. Okay. Ashika looked between Luca and Lessie and smiled. Here's to new friends, eh? She lifted a glass of beer in the air. To us, said Lessie, trying to swallow the tension in her throat. She wanted to enjoy the rest of the evening, forget about everything that came before. She was desperate to. So, where do you hang out when you want to have a party and a piss up? 
Ashika asked Luca. Um, usually a pub not far from my place. Or friends' houses when they're having parties. Usually I'm fairly busy working or playing guitar, he said. Oh, what do you do for Dosh? Um, nothing fancy. I work at a music store. Cheap guitars and music books, stuff like that. That pay well then, asked Ashika. Not at all, said Luca. But my mum and dad insist on helping me out while I try to find my feet after moving out, so it's not a big deal. He swallowed and looked at her with interest. What do you do? Office work, said Ashika. IT, low-level managerial. Used to be a computer grunt, but I whip my way up a bit. Pays all right and it doesn't consume my life, you know? Yeah, said Lucy. That's why her parents hate it. They do? asked Luca. Well, they wanted me to have a better job than that, said Ashika after sipping her gin and tonic. Something more challenging that engages my life purpose. Science, at least, since I did so well with it in high school. You didn't want to do that? asked Luca. Hell no, she said. I'm really quite happy doing things on my own terms. I earn enough to keep comfortable, and I like for my work not to distract me from my pastimes. So, are your parents from here, or...? Yep, said Ashika, an edge of annoyance to her voice as she eyed him briefly. Grandparents are from India if you're trying to suss out which kind of brown person I am. Luca's eyes widened. Oh, oh man, I didn't, I didn't think. I'm so sorry if it came off like... <laughs> now nah, you're right, she said, shaking her head. Knee jerk. I get it, he said. It has to be annoying after you hear that question for the hundredth time. Ashika nodded and tilted her head. Hmm, you don't sound exactly local. She peered at him with cool curiosity. Luca nodded. Yeah, I was born in Australia. I came here when I was 16. Wow, which part of Australia did you come from? Well, Western Australia, Perth region. We live near the beach. Lessie could imagine him at the beach, watching the waves in the gilded sunlight, dark hair rustled by the breeze. She caught herself beginning to gaze at him dreamily and shook it off. Ashika whistled low. <whistles> Bet you missed that. Fucking oath, he sighed. But the UK is better for working in music, so I don't mind. Why'd your family come here? asked Lessie. My dad got a transfer on medical grounds. Luca's easy laid-back composure seemed to slip a little, his face growing a tad tense. Oh shit, was he unwell? asked Ashika, frowning with concern. No, I was. Lessie's heart clenched. She'd only known him for a little while, but suddenly his welfare was quite important to her. Medical transfers were usually due to serious matters. Is it okay if I ask um, what happened? She asked gently. Sure, sure. Um, I got sick, he said, gaze fixed on the drink in his hands. Cancer. A tumour up in my head. Fuck! Ashika's eyes widened. It must have been serious to get a transfer. Very, he said. Ashika tilted her head, both concerned and curious. How are you not dead? Ash! hissed Lessie, glaring at her friend. Well, he's not going to be transferred for a little cough, said Ashika, defensively. Uh, it's okay. It's a long story, he said, chuckling a little, waving a hand. <laughs> Basically, I got lucky. Most in my situation aren't. He shook his head. Trust me, it doesn't make for a fun discussion. Don't worry about it, mate, said Ashika. Here's to you getting through it, okay? The world needs more guys willing to put their nads on the line to help a stranger. You're a rarity and I thank you. She held up her drink to Luca, and he tapped the edge of his tumbler of whiskey against hers with a clink. As Lessie lifted her own drink and brought it to the others, Luca gave her a smile. It was quick, barely a flash, but the look in his eyes carried it like a hushed whisper. It sent a quick, warm shot through her that made her shudder deep down. She blushed and sipped her cider. Tell you what, said Ashika, we'll finish our drinks here and fuck off to somewhere a little more fun, eh? She winked and leaned forward. There's a new place in town. 
Oh? Lessie lifted a brow quizzically. Damn straight. Some joint called the temple. Apparently it's wild. She finished sing-song. Lessie pressed her lips together, sighing deep from her chest. Looking at Lucas, she said, I sense a theme forming in my day, nay, life right now. Sorry? She could look between them, confused. Dumbing joke, said Lessie, shaking her head. Too long to explain and not funny enough to bother. Ash shrugged. Fine, don't tell me. Come on, down those drinks, kids. Lessie took a long drawer of her cider, feeling a heavy sensation in the pit of her stomach. It was somewhere between dread and excitement. The name of the club was far too reminiscent of a new friend, Kipria, and if there was one thing she learnt from her years as a pagan, it was that coincidences were often messages, and this wasn't one she was about to miss. They walked up the sidewalk, concrete wet from a recent light rain, the lights of the high street brightly reflecting in the puddles. The sounds of nighttime merriment echoed off the walls of the crowded shop fronts, most of which were closed for the evening. Ashika strode ahead on platform boots, her face glowing from the phone in her hand that she furiously tapped on, messaging friends, Lessie assumed. Lessie and Luca trailed behind her, trying to keep up. Lessie turned her head to Luca. Hey, she breathed. He looked at her, lifting a brow. You okay? Sorry the conversation was a bit heavy back there. Nah, seriously, it's fine, he said. Good. Look, I have a funny feeling about this place we're going to. He nodded. Me too. Great. If anything wild happens, just don't get yourself hurt by getting in the middle of it, alright? What makes you think? Just a hunch, she said. I have a feeling you're the rushing and ask questions later type. Gods know why. He gave a tired smile and nodded. I guess I earned that. In the best way possible. They didn't have to walk far before the club they were after loomed ahead. Classical ancient Greek aesthetics and typefaces said the temple in capital letters carved into a sign shaped like a stone lintel above the door. There was a good crowd of people making their way in, a long queue trailing down the street. Are we dressed well enough to get in? Lessie asked Ashika. I think so, said Ashika. They're pretty open as to the types that come here. Come one, come all, people reckon, as long as we buy a drink or two and have a good time. Rather a bacchanalian vibe, apparently. My mate who went to art school raved about it. Lessie's brows lifted as she looked to Luca. Feeling about this place getting more pronounced, she murmured. Ditto, he replied. Getting in was no big deal, even though Luca was in day clothes and Lessie looked like she'd been dragged backwards through a bush and then haphazardly neatened afterwards. Ashika fit right in, with her heavy dark makeup, faux hawk and punk apparel. A small dark entryway had a coat room and a ticket booth, the latter dark as it was early in the night and they were taking no door fees yet. The thumping of drums and bass were muffled as they made their way into the club proper. The music became clearer, the rhythm like a heartbeat, like galloping hooves, the panting of a beast running through the forest. It was almost hypnotic. The music came into final, blasting clarity as they entered the space. It swamped Lessie's senses. A dancing melody of a remixed panpipe swirled in her mind. In any other situation, it would have sounded like a Yanni remix. But something about this arrangement entranced her. She felt herself drifting towards the dance floor, even though she didn't really dance due to being quite clumsy and not in a cute way. It usually took many drinks before she was brave enough to ignore her ungainly movements and have fun. Bloody hell, shouted Ashika. This place is going off! Indeed, it was wondrous. Painstakingly detailed ruined columns lined the wall and the panels were painted with pastoral ancient Greek scenes, 
fawns and nymphs frolicking amongst deer and goats, fat pooty fluttering through the air. Each panel around the room featured a different god or goddess. Artemis, Aphrodite, Apollo, Pan, Thetis, Daphne. In pride of place above a small faux marble stage was a scene with Dionysus, a beautiful man with midnight curls and intoxicating brown eyes. He was barely dressed in a scrap of fabric that would be ambitious to describe as a toga. Throughout the club were statues on high plinths in the late classical Greek style, depicting the most beautiful people from the time period. Subtle, shouted Luca. It's very tasteful, Lessie replied. Lessie found herself being pressed on all sides by revelers, Luca close against her. The lights and smoke from the dance floor enveloped them. She grabbed Luca's hand as she felt herself straying from certainty, like a swimmer caught in a riptide and reaching for escape. Something was happening. She wasn't sure what. She was being drawn in. Luca suddenly squeezed her hand in response and she saw why. Dancers were around them, meeting their eyes, smiling, mouthing words from the music that weren't entirely clear. They were every shade, every shape, every gender and some in between. They were beautiful, terrible, entrancing. Their clothes were drifts of colour, patterns like dappled leaves, and only by focusing on them properly did Lessie see shirts or pants or dresses. Lessie lifted her brows gormlessly as she watched them wind around her and Luca. She had a sudden feeling of alarm, but it was distant, like a fire engine siren lost in the din of a city soundscape. A Sheikah. A sense of protectiveness swamped her, a Sheikah's lack of religious belief feeling dangerous here. She stretched her neck, a whimper in her throat, drowned to silence by the music. She saw her, only a metre or so away, grinning and dancing with the beautiful people that encircled them. Lessie looked to Luca and met his similarly worried glare. She shook her head at him, weaving her fingers tightly with his in an attempt not to lose him. She felt someone stroke her head, another set of long, slender fingers twirled in her curly, dark brown hair. A crystal goblet of wine was held before her, and she felt herself parting her lips, an instinct to drink from it drawn from her like blood into a vial. The wine tasted far sweeter than she expected, and the alcohol began its fuzzy journey into her system. Bitter tannins were like a ghost on her tongue, and she felt the sudden urge to wash it away with more wine. She wanted to talk to Luca. She wanted to find out what was going on, but all she could manage was allowing herself to be irrevocably guided towards the reveller's apparent goal. A decorated grotto with a booth inside, festooned with fairy lights, fake candles, fennel and ivy. Pine cones were scattered through the forest motif. She was set upon by a heady scent, sweet figs, honey, pine, the rich fresh earth and the air through summer leaves. Voices were crooning in her mind, rising like a dizzy breath before a moan of ecstasy. She wondered if they'd put anything in the wine they had her drink. There was no mistaking the power she felt in the room. She was about to meet a god. It was just a question of which one, though she was fairly certain who had summoned her. They weren't exactly subtle. She was drawn ever forward, and the intensity of the power she felt increased. It was more than she thought she could ever be able to cope with, but ever since meeting Aphrodite, she felt some quiet, dark place in her mind awaken. It was like a slowly opening flower filmed in a time-lapse photography, rushing through stages that should have taken far longer to occur. Her senses were afire, the many hands on her buzzing and tingling with energies older than time. Her fear mounted as she drew closer to their destination. It pushed through the haze of the wine, clinging to her heart like a frightened kitten. Soft, searching hands guided her to a velvet-cushioned bench seat in the booth. 
and focusing her gaze from the party around her, she saw, sitting across from her at the table, probably the most intoxicatingly handsome man she had ever seen in her life. Some part of her psyche wanted to launch herself over the table and into his arms. He wore a deep purple silk shirt, the top buttons of which were undone. His curled hair, the colour of midnight, framed his face and drew the gaze to large brown eyes, a long but slightly snub nose, full lips and a bone structure to die for. His skin was olive-toned and chest hair peppered his sternum. Hmm, here she comes at last. A rich voice, like dark coffee early in the morning. His accent was surprisingly English, a touch northern, which didn't surprise her, given this god's agrarian beginnings. Lessie, what... what's happening? asked Upper Fuddle Luca. We're getting brought to meet the host, replied Lessie, meeting the man's gaze carefully. She felt like she'd fallen into a tiger cage at the zoo and had caught the inhabitants' attention. She knows who I am, he said, grinning broadly. Good! Wine! Give them wine! For the sake of, well, me! Luca was still looking confused, and the man sighed. Really? Kids these days. I'm Dionysus. You may have heard of me. Ah, oh, shit, thought Lessie. She'd slipped out of the frying pan and was now ears deep in the proverbial fire. Next time on Witchery, a god makes himself known and he says a few things that trouble Lessie. Look, you're the second god that summoned me today and I'm getting really weirded out. Why am I here? Dionysus chuckled. The revelers about him, his maenads, draped about the booth, some hands wandering his shirt and chest. I wanted to know what my darling Aphrodite was up to, he said. She's not been up to much, other than her usual business, and suddenly she's contacting a mortal. I am a devotee, actually, said Lessie. I could see that, he said. Soft, lovely, all curves and charm, but with a bite. Lessie's eyes widened and she blushed deeply. Nobody had ever described her like that before. What I'm dying to know is what she wants with you. Lessie shrugged. How am I supposed to know? Nobody's telling me anything today, not even my own friggin' family. Oh no, <laughs> said Dionysus, chuckling. I wasn't asking you. I just had to see you. And? He took in a deep breath, gazing at her intently. You are a very useful little thing that I'd snatch up for myself if I didn't know how angry it would make Aphrodite. And an altercation with more shadowy figures is interrupted by an unexpected helping hand. Before she could reach her, the door to the club burst open and a slender, disarmingly elegant individual leapt out into the fray. Lessie frowned in incomprehension. They looked like one of the dancers from inside, and she couldn't tell if they were a man or a woman. The long-limbed person moved like a tree in a violent wind. From their hands came gusts of energy, shimmering waves that caused reality to ripple. They are protected by Dionysus, roared the newcomer. Begone! You're not welcome here. One of the shadows stepped forward, an unearthly rattling growl coming from it. It sounded like bones tumbling through dirt on a dry, cold night. It pointed at Lessie, then it lifted its other hand and dangled something at her. It was her medallion. 
Hey, she shouted, rage exploding in her. You give that back! All that and more on the next episode of Witchery. Click follow or subscribe to get the next episode as soon as it drops. You have been listening to Witchery, written by Andrea K. Knight. Produced and edited by Nancy Lorenz. Music composed and performed by Nancy Lorenz. A special thanks to Deirdre and Wendy. Thanks for listening. Hi, Nancy here, narrator of Witchery the Podcast. If you have any questions or messages you'd like to send to us, write to us at thewitcherypodcastau, all one word, at gmail.com. Our social links are also in the show notes. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, TikTok, and Discord. I hope you write to us, because we'd love to hear from you. If you like, your question can be answered in our post-episode breakdowns, Witchery Supplemental.